Hello and welcome to episode five of the Parenting with Play podcast. I'm so pleased that you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about my top three games to play with your children of pretty much any age. But before we dive in, I just want to let you know about my upcoming five days to better bedtimes with your toddler. It's a free five day mini course because bedtimes can be really hard, can't it sometimes, but you can implement play to help make bedtimes so much better. So over five days, I'm going to share with you practical strategies and approaches that you can use that really will help bedtimes improve. And then I'm excited to launch my thriving toddlers course. So the five days to better bedtime is a little taster of what you'll get in the thriving toddlers course. Plus, if you sign up to the five days to better bedtimes, you'll go onto the wait list to get a special offer to the thriving toddlers course. We start five days to better bedtimes on the 28th of July, or whenever you listen to it, just go to parentingwithplay.com.au forward slash toddlers, and you'll see it there to sign up. Life with toddlers can be super intense and gorgeous, but also super challenging too. So go to parentingwithplay.com.au forward slash toddlers to sign up and I look forward to helping you there. I'm Helena Mooney and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So before I kick off in letting you know what my top three games are, I just want to give you a reminder about why these games are so effective. And that's because these are power reversal games, because most of the time your children of whatever age are actually feeling incredibly powerless, whether that's because they want to do something and you've said no, whether that's because somebody hit them at school or at daycare, whether they're just generally annoyed because they've got to go to school or daycare, whatever the reasons, there's so many different opportunities for your children to feel powerless. And what play does is it gives a moment in time that your children can be the most powerful, capable, competent child again, whilst also basking in your loving attention. Now, by playing these games does not mean that your children are going to demand to play them all the time or that they're going to act them out all the time. Children really get a sense that this is a play time. And then when they feel that lovely connection with you, when they've been able to offload any of the stresses or annoyances or frustrations that they've had through laughing with you, then they'll go back to their being their beautiful, cooperative, loving selves. So play these games, maybe try and play them even every day if you can, and try and weave them into your day. Even if you only pick them up from daycare late at night, before going home to bedtime, see if you can integrate a five minute game. It's these games are really simple. They require no money and you probably are doing them already. So if you are, know that there's a really greater reason and benefits for them than perhaps you're already realizing and to just keep doing it. It's really, really awesome parenting to play with your children and you will enjoy the benefits. Not only that your children will be more cooperative, will sleep better, will be less aggressive and get on with their siblings and friends better, but you will also enjoy the healing, wonderful benefits of play because who doesn't love laughing and enjoying time with your children? That's why we have them, isn't it really? 
But it can be very easy to lose sight of that in amongst the day-to-day grind and chores and jobs that we need to do. So try and weave in the play as much as you can. Okay, the first game that I love is a game that I've already talked about. It's the chasing game. It is so simple. You know, you chase your child, but you're too slow. Your child is so fast that you can't get them. And you can do this from a crawling baby to, you know, a tween. I've got a 10, nearly 11-year-old, we play the game. So you can do the whole spectrum. And what these games allow is that you can increase the sort of complexity of it as your child gets older. Now, obviously, a crawling baby on the bed, you're sort of pretty static and you might just move your hands slightly as they sort of crawl away. But And when your child gets much older, it's going to require you to run a lot faster. So there's different aspects that you can have to the chasing game that your your children will naturally introduce. But I just thought I'd share some that we do here to give you some ideas. So you can play these games, as I said, on a daily basis as part of your just everyday life. You can also use these games strategically. So we were at a wedding with my daughter when she was four or five. And so I needed her to be able to sit still throughout that whole time. So my husband and I spent about 10 minutes beforehand, it was a beautiful outdoor wedding, chasing her around the gardens. So We gave her that time and attention. She loved the chasing game, could laugh with us, feel connected with us. And then she was much, much more willing and able to then sit quietly with us when we needed her to do that. What you'll also notice, the more that you play these games out and about, is how other children want to join in with you. And the time at the wedding, we had a load of other children who were desperate to come and play with us because their parents obviously were enjoying having a nice drink with their friends. And they came and joined and played with us. And actually, that was a really great icebreaker because for my daughter, she didn't know any of the other children. So it was a really good icebreaker as well as having that opportunity to play and connect with us. So use these games strategically as well, particularly before important times when you need them to behave. You need them to sit quietly. They're going to be in a much better position to do that if they've had a great time to do it. Another classic time is um, before you're going on a long flight. So I will often do this with my son, who's now four. Um, We will then chase around, uh, play a chasing game just before we start boarding the plane in the, you know, at the gate. And again, other children like, oh, can we come and join in? They might want to have a play too. But again, it gives you that chance for them to expend some energy, connect with you, have a laugh, have fun. And then they're going to be able to sit on a long haul flight for a long time. So chasing games, what you also need to remember is to sort of ham it up a bit. You know, you're dramatically slower or you're dramatically just being caught by your child. You really want to ham it up. Now, if you're in public running around, you might you can scale that back a bit. But just remember to enjoy it and really embrace it and jump in rather than just go "Mm, whatever. What my son has also done um, to include to sort of introduce extra powerful elements in it for him is he will pause the game, say pause, and then um, I will then obviously have to stay absolutely static. Well, then he might run away from me or jump on me or get into a better position, but it gives him an extra element of control. It can be a bit frustrating as a grown-up going, I'm just getting there, and they called me to pause. But the more that you can then respond to that, the more power your child has and control in that area, the more that they're going to love it and benefit from it. So George also does another game where he does ice, where I have to freeze and then fire when I can go again. So your children will find ways to integrate more into it and allow them to do that because the more, as I said, that they can do that, the more control that they have, the more power 
successful they feel, the better that they're going to behave. So the simple chasing game can have so many different um, inputs into it. Um, You can also be a scary monster. If your children are scared of monsters, which uh, my eldest was for a little while, you could be this bumbling, bimbling idiot of a monster that has no hope in hell of getting to your child. And that sort of takes means that they can laugh at the monster. They can feel more powerful than the monster. Um, it de, um, demystifies the monster. It makes them um, uh, just more uh, silly that they're going to be much, much less scary. So you can be this bimbling monster who, you know, always perhaps falls over or bumps into things, um, but is in no way going to catch your child. And and again, then when your child then wants to chase you, they can jump on the monster and pummel the monster to the ground. Again, giving them that sense of power and control over something which previously might have sounded or felt really scary. Another game that I love is the common pillow fight. The pillow fight is so easy. You you know, you can do it with cushions, soft toys, pillows. Again, it gives the chance for your child to expend energy, to whack you playfully, to feel powerful, to feel competent. It's a great way to get aggression out. If you play it, it's really satisfying to go (laughs) to sort of hit your child with a pillow. Obviously, you'll need to have rules of engagement around it. Um, I make it very clear that not to whack on heads. Um, Not, you know, the aim is not to hurt each other, which when you play in this way, your children will, they're really open to those sort of rules and have that understanding about not actually going to hurt each other. It's about the fun and the play rather than hurting. And if your children do then start to want to hurt and you can see that glint in their eye where things start to switch from being playful to, ooh, you know, properly aggressive, that's when then you need to realize, uh, move in lovingly, set the limit saying, sweetie, I'm not going to let you do that. And then they'll probably have a, a really big cry or a tantrum with you which if you listen to the interview that I did with Marion Rose on crying, you'll really see the benefits of that. So sometimes play is all your children need and sometimes it can tip in to the upset feelings, which we will talk more about that. And that's great. It's not a sign that play's not working properly or that there's something terrible going on. It's just as showing you that um, there's more emotions there that need to come out and sometimes play is not enough. Sometimes they need to have a really good cry with you. So just notice that. Don't berate them. Don't tell them off for getting all aggressive or taking it out of the sister. Don't do that. It's not part of the game. Just then recognize that there's more feelings there and that that's an opportunity for you to move in and listen to them. So an example of the pillow fight when that's worked really well in our family was that one time we were away for a weekend with friends and their kids. And um, so my daughter was playing with uh, their their children for a long time and we were all having a great time. And just I started to notice sort of probably about four o'clock that she was starting to get a bit antsy with her friends. So, you know, there was a tightness about her, a rigidity and starting to get a bit mean. So 
I realized that she hadn't had much connection with me and that's what she was really needing. So all I did is I took her into the room in which in our bedroom in the house that we were staying and we just did a pillow fight for five minutes and we were whacking each other and then sort of jumping on each other and it was so much fun. It was exactly what she needed. She needed to reconnect with me. It was really satisfying to whack each other with the pillows. She had that laugh to offload any stress or annoyance or frustration that she was sort of building up. And then we went back out and she went off and played super happily with her friends. So these games, you can, as I said, you can use them strategically in advance of something, but you can also use them when you start to see that your children are just starting to go a bit off track. That's the time to recognise that they need the connection and they need the opportunity for emotional release. And these games are just perfect for it. And as I said, super simple that you can do pretty much anywhere. So pillow fight, that's also super simple. And and also what you'll notice if you've got children of different ages, your children, it, it helps them to learn to do things of different strength. So, you know, I'll whack my 10-year-old much harder than I'll whack my four-year-old. And the 10-year-old needs to learn that she can't whack the four-year-old as much as she can whack me. You know, and it gives them that sort of sense of how far to push it with certain ages and people, and they, they can sort of temper that to be appropriate for the person that they're playing with. It really integrates quite a lot into it. The third game that I love and you can use and do anywhere at any time with different ages is wrestling or roughhousing or rough and tumble. And that again gives that great opportunity for physical touch, appropriate physical touch, which we all need. And as your children get older, you touch and cuddle and carry them less. So this gives an opportunity to really sort of get up close in a really loving, appropriate way. And again, gives them the chance to feel physically powerful and capable because there's so many times when they just don't. And the older your children there are, the challenges they have, they might not get into a football team that they want to do. They might um, struggle doing something physically that their friends can do. It also helps emotionally that say um, your children are struggling, your child's struggling in a friendship dynamics and they're feeling a bit weaker. This gives them the chance to really counter that and feel strong and capable physically, which then often translate to them feeling strong and capable and confident emotionally. And particularly for girls who like, you know, you, you see a playground and, you know, normally the boys are out there sort of a bit more rough and tumble kicking a football around, you know, at much more physical play, whereas the girls might be huddled in areas chatting. And this helps to counter that too. So if your daughter becomes a bit more physically timid, this is a really great way to offset that. And so to keep doing rough and tumble with your children, regardless of whether they're a boy or a girl, it's so good for both of them. So, you know, when they're younger, you might be playing horsey, sure you've done this many times and they climb up on you and pretend you're horsey. Again, you might want to have some rules. I'm very clear saying not to jump on my head or push on necks. I'll keep an eye out for that. You can have sort of guidelines and rules within the play, throwing children on the bed sometimes, <laughs> um, pushing each other over. That's really satisfying. I'll push my 10-year-old over on the bed and she'll push me over on the bed. It's a really great way to reconnect after a day apart. 
It's also a great way to reconnect if you're noticing your older child is getting moody, is perhaps emotionally distant from you. It's a great way to reconnect again and to strengthen that connection because sometimes we can get a bit scared of our older children's emotions. We can think, okay, they obviously need time and space away from us. And yes, of course they can have that. But when they're in an emotionally challenging state where they are feeling upset, when they've got upset feelings that are driving that moody behavior, what they really need is that strengthening connection with you. And wrestling, I find, can be a really powerful way to help our children with those feelings because they can still be a bit antsy and a bit annoyed and I'm screwing up, screwing up my face as I'm saying this. Um, you know, they can still have those sort of aggressive aggro feelings and wrestle with you on the bed. And as you do that wrestling, often that aggression and aggro can turn into laughter Can be, and then you'll, you'll feel, it's so interesting, you'll feel your child's body go from being tense and aggressive into sort of a bit more relaxed and softer and playful and the laughter comes more and these games really can take 10 minutes and it's amazing the transformation that happens and then at the end of the games, then they may be interested in talking about what's going on for them or they may not. But the important thing is, is they've had that opportunity to reconnect with you. They've been able to offload some of the stress through the laughter and like pushing. It's so satisfying. <laughs> These are really, really powerful tools rather than getting annoyed with them for their moodiness or telling them off. What you can do is just move in. As I said, with my daughter, when she started getting antsy with her friends, you don't have to judge their behavior. You can just go, okay, that's what's happening. She's getting antsy with her friends. She needs me to help her here. What's a great way of helping her? A pillow fight. Or let's go and wrestle on the bed and she can push me over and I can push her over and it's fun. Or a chasing game. Those three games, really simple. You do them already but just ramp them up and just know that that those, because sometimes when our children are behaving in challenging ways, our minds can go blank and we go, I don't know. And then we can default to old paradigms of viewing behavior, or we can revert to ways that we were treated when we were doing that behavior, which was generally, we were treated quite punitively or harshly or, um, in a disconnected way. So just to remember pillow fight, chasing game, wrestling, easy. And the more that you can respond to those challenging situations with one of those games or a variation or all three sometimes, it just helps remind you what's needed and it turns those situations around. It doesn't have to become this huge, overwhelming nightmare of a conflict situation. If you move in early with those games, you can shift things so easily. All right, I'd love to hear how that is for you. I'd love to hear your favourite games. If you want to post photos on the uh, on my Facebook group, I would love to see them. Um, if you're not following me yet, Parenting with Play on Facebook, come over. I often post in there and you'll see photos of me playing these games with my children. And um, enjoy playing. And just remember to try and use play as one of your first responses to those challenging situations. And again, not difficult, not complicated, really simple, really fun. Okay, enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. 
And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.